podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. England have drawn the multi-format Ashes series. More than that, they have won the ODI series against Australia, the first time the Aussies have been beaten since 2013. Welcome to the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast. Katia, Natsima Brunt made her second 100 in a row and her fourth in five games against Australia. Uh, and finally, England won one of those games. Basically, all the bowlers chipped in. Kate Cross and Lauren Bell getting them off to a flyer. Sophie Eccleston dried things up. Charlie Dean came into the, into the side and picked up two wickets. You had Amy Jones, brilliant behind the stumps. Denny White was brilliant in the field. That was pretty close to the complete performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I think especially what we've seen in this series with England winning, they've had to really scrap for them. You know, they've always come down to the last over. There's a, a two-wicket win, I think, a, a three-wicket win. But this one, they, they dominated. You know, it was such a, a huge margin of victory and it never really looked in doubt at all. Um, maybe right at the start when, when Tammy Beaumont and Sophia Dunkley got out quickly. But from that point on, that massive partnership between Knight and Siva Brunt, they, they timed it perfectly. They rebuilt, they pushed the score rate on when they needed to. And then Danny Wyatt came in and absolutely whacked it about for a little bit. And that pushed England up towards a total they needed. You thought at one point they were going to get 300. But it was a massive score and it never massively looked in doubt that they were going to bowl Australia out, to be honest. As you said, Charlie Dean did a really good job, uh, as did Sophie Eccleston as ever. But yeah, in terms of the, the scope of this series, it's hard to think of a better win that they've had than this one. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about the series as a whole then, because this, this is massive for England, isn't it? I mean, after a slightly limp exit from, I guess, the Commonwealth Games and the T20 World Cup in the last sort of 12 months this got smashed by India in the ODI series last year uh, this feels like I guess with, with John Lewis in charge and also for Heather Knight that they're, they're not just back on track but they're kind of they're better than their way before in a way right yeah absolutely you know we've said so many times we didn't give them a prayer before this Ashes series started especially after they lost the test match and how they've been able to turn around in, in quite a short period of time I mean we talk about the Commonwealth Games and the India series they also got knocked out of the of the um, T20 World Cup before the before the final, and they didn't really, even though they beat them, they didn't look their best against South Africa before the Commonwealth Games last summer. So, it's been a massive thing for them to pull off in with a regime change in such a short space of time. And I, I don't think you can overstate how big this is for England. You know, to draw an Ashes series with Australia coming in as the double world champions, the most dominant side the game's ever seen it, it's absolutely amazing that they've been able to do this to win two out of the three formats and look the better side to be honest for the majority of the series it, it's absolutely monumental what they've done mm, yeah I guess there are a few little questions for them going forward I suppose uh, I suppose the biggest one is over Sophia Dunkley I guess and that is going to be a tricky thing for England to manage isn't it because they've they've sort of instilled this sort of no fear kind of go up play your shots we'll back you kind of approach but now they have a player who's underperforming and they have the likes of Grace Scrivens, I suppose, is, is the young player. But they've also got, you know, Emma Lamb they had to leave out for this series. Lauren Winfield Hill as well, a slightly older, more experienced player. They have other players waiting in the wings. How do you think they manage that? Well, look, Dunkley is a, is, a, is a really good cricketer. She's been a, a good opener for England in T20s and in ODIs for, for a bit now. And she's had this bad series I'm surprised that she played the whole series I think there was I mean England were winning so there wasn't a massive need to drop her but she just didn't look right she didn't look fluid she didn't look like she was moving well um, and the performances weren't coming I'm also surprised that we haven't seen 
Grace Scrivens even in a squad at any point throughout this series. Um, but how they manage her will be will, will be interesting. I don't see her being being dropped for that series against Sri Lanka unless she has a, a really, really poor 100 campaign. And odds on she'll come back in the 100 and she'll smash a big score at some point and be back on track. But it is interesting. And, and they do have options. They could move Danny Wyatt up to open if they wanted to move her into the middle order, the Dunkley that is, and, and see, if, see if that helped her get back on track. They could put... Grace Scrivens into the middle order and, and move Wyatt up. As you said, they've got Winfield Hill or Emma Lamb, so they do have options, but it, it will be interesting to see how they manage it. But unless she has that poor 100 campaign, I can't, that they've given her the backing and I can't see that changing. Yeah, and we should mention as well, I mean, Amy Jones, I know we've talked about her before and how her returns with the back can be frustrating. She's answered a little bit, I mean, no no, half centuries, but there were there, there have been some good contributions with the back. But she showed just why that glove work is so, so good. I mean, the stumping of, I can't remember it was now, but it was off Nats of a Brunt. And it's one of those, you know, it's not like a, an amazing take of a bounce as we've seen before, or one down the leg side. But when you see the replay and the ball goes so hard into her gloves, because, you know, Silver Brunt's not, not she's, a, you know, she's a seam bowler. And there's no give in the hands at all. And the ball is back to the belt so quickly. And it's, oh, it was Georgia Wareham. And it was only like half a second later that the, 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 or less that the foot was back down. I mean, she's... That's why she's in the side, isn't it? Yeah, completely. She's she's a brilliant keeper, um, and that stumping w- was evident of that. Those two stumpings, actually, um, and she she had to keep well because she she's not been performing with the bat. So that's how she stays in the side. It, it's the Ben Folks debate, right? If you if you translate it to the men's men's team, she's a brilliant keeper, but she has a really appalling record against Australia with the bat, and it hasn't mattered, as I said, with Dunkley because England have been winning. If they hadn't been winning, I I, I wonder how much it would have started to matter. Um, given that Tammy Beaumont is an experienced keeper and they have other keepers waiting to come in, um, in Lauren Winfield Hill maybe. But yeah, Jones is exceptional with the gloves um, and England have got, got some exceptional keepers waiting as well. Mm, yeah, and I guess especially with those seamers, that um, that just adds to the why you'd want to pick pick your best keeper uh, for England. Uh, should we move on to Australia and just try and work out how they view this? Because, I mean, they've retained the Ashes and they've done it without Meg Lanning. They are obviously still ODI and T20 world champions. Equally, they basically never lose and they've just lost four out of six. And listening to them sort of after the game, uh, you know, Ash Gardner was saying that, you know, England were the best team. They were outplayed by England. Uh, Alyssa Healy was, you know, she wasn't exactly jumping. Is the gap closed between the sides or do you think that there is still a bit of that gap there? Um, I think we should be wary of, of saying that this series shows how much the gap is closed or whatever, whatever that is. Obviously, it's a huge result, but... Australia are without Meg Lanning and they're also coping for, for recently without um, Rachel Haynes as well. So, so that's quite big for them too. Um, I, d- I don't know how much this, this shows the gap is closed. I think you have to look at it over a more sustained period of time. But, but it is significant. It is significant that Australia have come over here and lost two out of the three formats and looked comfortably most of the series, the, the worst side. Even, even when they won, England was still in the test match right up until the end. They were still in the first T20 at uh, Edgebaston right till the end. They were still in the T20, the ODI at Southampton right till the last ball. It is significant and I think it's been a really difficult series for them. You watch them in the field sometimes and, and they haven't been moving as quickly between overs and you look at Alyssa Healy getting frustrated sometimes at her fielders and I think it's been a tough series for her in particular. It, it must be quite an odd feeling retaining the Ashes in, in this kind of way and I think I think they alluded to that during the presentations because they know that they've been 
they haven't played the cricket they've wanted to play in this series. And I think that that will that will sting a bit, but it, we need to look at it over a more sustained period of time to think about that gap and how what strides England have made to closing it. Mm, yeah, I was interested to listen to Hayley actually in the presentation because she was making the point that she doesn't actually think the gap has ever been that big or as big as it's been made out to be between Australia and England at least and some of the other top sides and she's actually pointed to it um, Australia winning in certain key moments in World Cups and I guess that is something you can kind of underrate like you look at the overall record you think oh they just breeze past everyone but there were over moments that World Cup last year I guess where they did have to, to sort of dig deep and, and take it home I suppose. But that is the gap right the gap is being able to identify those key moments and, and taking them it's not it's not always down to performance, it's winning those crucial moments. And, and, and that's how they've won this Ashes series. They won that fourth innings chase in the Test match. They won the, at the last minute in, in Edgbaston and they found a way to win in Southampton. And that's what's, what they've got over the line here. So, so when you think about the gap, you've got to think about that rather than as an overall superiority thing. That as well, but more importantly, being able to win those key moments. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, look, there's a lot of chat about the multi-format point system and a drawn series feels... I mean, it would feel quite unsatisfactory anyway, because especially given England have won four games out of seven and two series out of three. Um, I mean, we don't want to be changing the rules just because it hasn't gone England's way. But would you tweak it at all? And if so, how? Yeah, I'm massively on the warpath about this. I don't think it's it's the best format to produce the correct results. And, and I know that we're saying that in hindsight of England being the better team, but there have been other instances in the series where in the multi-format series previously where it hasn't yielded the best result. Australia were up and armed in 2014 about that draw they, and then they campaigned to get the test match reduced from six points to four. And this multi-format series, it's only 10 years old and we have had, what, a, te- a series every other year in that time. So we shouldn't expect it to be perfectly done yet. I don't think there's any harm in keeping on tinkering with it a little bit. Obviously not series to series, give it time to bed in. But there's no shame in changing it when you you think you've got it wrong. I think that this series has shown that that they haven't got it right and that um, if an Ashes series can produce a result where the best side hasn't won it, then I think that's a warning sign. So but so how, how would you tweak it, putting you on the spot? Oh, look, there's no right answer, yeah? You could look at having another... Well, so if you reduce the test match to three points and played two of them, one at the start, one at the end, we'd be going into it on something like... If England won it, then they would win. And if Australia won it, they would win. And whichever side win, wins in that scenario, I think, would probably deserve it. Equally, if you play one test at the beginning and reduce it to three series, I think my very quick math tells me that England would just about have won this series by a point. So, you know, I, I think you've got to look at the test match. People are crying out for, for more women's test cricket. Why don't you take it as an opportunity to showcase that and have two two test matches um, that's personally what I'd do. There's probably a million reasons why that's not feasible and why that wouldn't produce the right results. But in the immediate aftermath of this, that's what feels right to me. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'd be in favour of, of another test match, but that could still lead to draws if one team each had won a test match. I think I'd also just be in favour of one more ODI. I know you might get a drawn ODI series then, but I think that's that's fine. And you wouldn't get a draw in the whole series unless there was a washout in one of the white ball games, I think. Because I think the, the only thing for me was this is... is if there's not a number of points winning the test, first of all, if you draw the series, there's a, if it's a drawn test, you can still draw the series. And also, if it's five points for the test, Australia still win this series. And three points feels like not enough of a reward for a test win. So it, it is really tricky. 
I guess we do have two and a half years to figure it out until the next one as well. Uh, should we finish on a le- less mathsy note? Uh, you've been at almost every game this series, uh, followed it really closely. If you had to pick out one moment that will stick with you, what would it be? Um, it would be the England England winning the T20 series at Lords um, when Alice Capsey chased down those runs. It, it was such a such a great event, and to see where where the series has come from. I, I was at Lords in 2013, the first time there was a multi-format series played, and I was there with probably about 100 people in the one stand that was open and to come and see 20,000 people at Lords going crazy over a teenager who embodies the new generation of England uh, of women's cricket scoring all these runs hitting sixes in England beating Australia for the first time in a T20 series since 2017 that all really really stick with me and I think it was one of the one of the moments that a lot of people will look back on and go that was that was quite something but you know there are so many moments in this series you could pick out you could pick out the test match at Trent Bridge that was such a evenly fought game for so much of it there were some boring moments but there were also some really exciting moments you could pick out even the England loss in Southampton because that was such a tense game and until today they have been such close results as I've said already that it's been such watchable cricket and that's what you, you want from this series anyway. It, it can feel quite long sometimes, I think, and quite quite relentless when the games are coming so thick and fast. But when the games have been this good, you, you've wanted them to come as quickly as possible so you can see what's going to happen next. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there was so many. I mean, the, the t- t- time at double century was amazing. Obviously, the Exxon was brilliant in that test. Ash Gardner was, was even better in that test, I guess. Also, the, the Kate Cross scoop for four, that was brilliant. Uh, but I think I'm with you actually on the T20 because you also had the, the best moment for me was the Danny Gibson reverse sweep to actually win the game. It just felt like that really embodied what England have done and how they've changed. That you had this player in a first series hitting her first boundary to like win like a nail biter and keeping him live in the ashes. That just felt like the kind of thing that that couldn't have happened like until this series basically. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's been amazing, uh, and unfortunately, it's now over. Uh, that that wraps up our. Women's Ashes Daily Podcast, but please do join us tomorrow for another show, this time after day one at Old Trafford. Podcast Network.